Spags, we made it to Friday, which means it's time for a very special guest. We have Al Smizzle joining us today. Yeah, the legendary Al Zeidenfeld doing great stuff over at ESPN. Amanda, we're going to talk a lot about the past, present, and future. We got Nick Chubb ruled out. We got a whole lot of things changing the NFL DFS weekend right before our eyes. So, Pete, let's hit that intro. Get right into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend and mine, Peter Roverzet. And as Pete mentioned, the guy who is behind it all, the man that I will give credit for forming the entire DFS industry underneath his feet, he's Al Seidenfeld. How are you doing, Al? Apparently, I've created everything. I created, a, uh, I was attributed with creating the term chalk, which I never claimed to do. Uh, I, now, And now you're giving me the entire DFS industry. I need my residuals. <laughs> I, I mean, you I, weren't you one of the early inventors of YouTube as well? I, I actually invented the question mark. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is incredible. So we got a lot to talk about with Al today, but let's get the plugs out of the way. First of all, make sure you are following at Al Zeidenfeld on Twitter as well as Al underscore Smizzle on Twitch because we appreciate him doing the show. Also, make sure you're following at Splash Play Pod. We will follow you guys back on there because that's how much we love and care about each and every one of you out there. So please go do that. Make sure to give this podcast five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts because that's how we get you guys in as viewer guests on the show. We'll do another drawing on Monday. And of course, this show would not be possible if it weren't thanks to our friends over at Football outsiders so go check out fo plus at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe dvoa you'll hear reference today as well as on a lot of other shows around the industry that's just one of their core data pieces on there that'll help you make better decisions with your lineups so go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe and al i want to get into this right away with you smiz gang here already with jeff guy gaming pointing that out but al i you know we don't know each other that well you've done some shows mm -hmm. with pete in the past but I have to say the DFS edge to me was one of the, the formative shows out there where when I was at Barstool, I would listen to that podcast and be like, these guys are onto something here. I want to do that for a living. And on my notes here, I've credited you guys as being the Beatles that kind of taught us how to play the hits <laughs> of what you guys were doing, making it fun, making it buddies hanging out. And how does it feel to have that kind of legacy in the industry? And I know you can joke about it and be self-effacing, but I got to give you all the credit in the world because I think that podcast is really informative and, and important to the Osimos, the Roto Grinders, everybody out there who's making this kind of content. I mean, look, it started, what, in 2013? I started working for Roto-Grinders. I basically emailed Dan Bach after winning the fantasy basketball championship on Draft Street. Like, this, so all the shots from the, all the blasts from the past, right, uh, in that one. And I said, look, uh, you're doing this Grinders live show. Can I just, like, be on it, please? That would be great. Would love it if you gave me an opportunity. He did, and then started working with Peter on shows, uh, CSU Ram, and then that they brought in, Levitan to do a show with us there. And then that became the edge and it just kind of snowballed. All of it just kind of snowballed into each other. And that became access to ESPN in 2015. And it's been a fun ride, man. It became so iconic. People were making parody videos. Yeah, of some the guy on the internet started to like, <laughs> had like a fake beard and everything. <laughs> some guy just trying to chase clout is what I would guess based on what <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like. I have a pretty good hit rate. I mean, Mans did a swole cast audition video, ended up, you know, being a regular cast member on there. He didn't <laughs> ever crack the DFS edge rotation, but maybe if you guys were still going, Mans could have worked his way onto the show. He probably would have. It's a shame <laughs> that the, that that show got killed before it's time. Are you still keeping up with Adam and Peter? Like, do you guys have your own private sessions now that you're not doing the regular content together? Because there was definitely a real friend vibe amongst you guys where obviously you're doing the professional content. But I want to believe that obviously, you know, this is me being a total mark for you. But like, it's like, you know, <laughs> you guys just hanging out, doing the sessions now on Zoom instead of actually putting it out for the people. No, I mean, I wish we did. That would be fun. Like, we kind of chat in the Slack every now and again, a little private chat. But like, we're, we're all friends. We have been for a while. Uh, we don't chat as much about daily fantasy on a week-in, week-out basis anymore. Everybody's doing their own projects. Obviously, Adam over at Establish the Run, crushing it, and Pete at Lucky Trader HQ, absolutely killing it there on his well on his way to becoming a billionaire. I don't have billionaire dreams. Like, I guess, I mean, I'd like to be a billionaire. I just don't want to work that hard. Well, you got to win a lot more Millie Makers, I guess. Gotta, I, yeah, I'd have to win roughly 999 more. So that's that should be no problem then, right? Pete, you yeah, know how easy, easy that is. No, we were talking before the show. Pete's gonna do that so we can afford childcare in the future, just easily win a millie maker. Yeah, no, there I mean there shouldn't even billionaire shouldn't be a thing that would exist, but I would take a cool five hundred million or so as kind of the sweet spot I'm looking for. 
Yeah, because then you don't get the eat the rich. You're not a billionaire. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> So make sure you guys are hitting the like button, whether you're watching this show, any show on YouTube helps us out a bunch, including uh, Al's own streams over on YouTube. You can check them in the tag on the headline of this video as well. So please go subscribe to Al's channel. For some reason, you are subscribed to Peach channel and not subscribed over there. But let's talk about some injuries, guys, because I do think this is one day where we need to make sure to hit the injuries up top before we get into a little matchup of cage match low ball. Where we'll do the head to head format that Al does on his shows. We'll try to build the worst possible lineup. But guys, we've got Nick Chubb injury here that I think is crucial uh, out with a calf issue could be going up on the IR list. We'll see how that goes. But this week he's facing Arizona. Jarvis Landry also practicing seemingly on pace to return. But I'll ask you as a guy who has you know won the big bucks before, how would you approach a spot like this with Kareem Hunt where we know that Cleveland loves to run the ball. We know Hunt also a very viable in the passing game. And no matter how the game script goes here at Arizona, it does seem like a spot that, or versus Arizona, it does seem like a spot that Kareem Hunt's going to be heavily involved. So I expect his snap rate to go way up from like in the mid 40s to about 65 to 75%. The problem is in the four games that Nick Chubb missed last year, it's better for Nick Chubb to have Hunt miss games because his targets will go up and every target is worth 2.8 carries uh, in terms of running back expected scoring. When Nick Chubb is out, yeah, he gets like five more carries, but like his target rate stays the same. His catches per game stays the same. He'll get more snaps. The big benefit is his touchdown expectancy uh, or equity would go up because now instead of getting 40% of the inside the five carries, he should get at least 80% to 100% of those inside the five carries. So if they get in close, Kareem Hunt should score one, possibly two touchdowns, but he's very touchdown dependent this week uh, as he probably will get you 15 or 16 carries with about four or five targets like he would normally get. Uh, it's going to depend on touchdowns from him. And there's a ton of running backs this week. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of guys to go to at that price range. Pete, how are you feeling about it? Because I know you do tend to pay your play your higher dollar stuff, focusing on one lineup. Is that a spot where you would actually want to go heavy on Kareem Hunt or maybe go the opposite way? Yeah, uh, I agree with Smith that I think we're probably going to see more Demetric Felton than we would like. The team has already shown that they like this mm -hmm. guy, and I think he will come in and you know maybe he plays, I don't know, 60 to 70% of kind of what the Hunt role was, you know, if they're kind of switching roles, essentially. That said, I saw Leone push through his updated projections on ETR, and Kareem Hunt does have the highest ceiling of any running back on the slate, which is a similar situation we saw last week with Alexander Madison, where you're getting not only the value savings, but you're also getting a monster ceiling. So he's going to be in that territory like Madison, where you wonder, do you just have to jam him? And I'm going to have to chew on that a little bit more over the next 48 hours. So Pete will have a lot of stuff here talking on his YouTube channel about that coming up. And um, we'll give our best takes as we get to the ride or die picks later on in the show. Like we also have to point out Zach Ertz getting traded to Arizona. He's not eligible to play this week uh, due to the collective bargaining agreement the players have, but he'd be pretty sick if he did, but still not going to happen. So it's something to keep in mind. Another injury, Curtis Samuel out for Washington against Kansas City. Terry McLaurin also questionable after a DNP with hamstring tightness. The one thing we really don't want to see for these burners. Pete, with you in this spot where you know they need to score a lot going against Kansas City. If Terry McLaurin doesn't get out there, is it Adam Humphrey's season, the receiver out there, who I would have to say probably resembles you more than anybody else in the NFL? <laughs> really? I've gotten Ryan Tannehill before. Uh, I no. guess I'll take Adam Humphrey. Just Adam Humphrey's. Yeah, okay, it. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, Ricky Seals-Jones was already going to be pretty popular. They're basically using him in the same role that they were using Logan Thomas, which was a pretty valuable role. At 3,000, he's going to be extremely popular. So if somehow Adam Humphreys is the one that maybe flies a little bit under the radar, I, I agree with you that he could vacuum up a decent amount of targets. Al, how about you? How are you feeling about a spot where we know Washington's going to need to put up points to stay in this one with that defense not being as great as we all kind of hoped it would be going into this mm -hmm. year? Do you have any faith for anybody on Washington if we do have McLaurin out? I mean, as Pete said, he basically hit all the points. Like RSJ is in the best spot of any of the pass catchers. Uh, and there's not a lot of value under 4K on DraftKings this week. So reasonably, you could go to tight end with him at 3K and then maybe just jam Kelsey because he's at a 25% discount. But like, and get your secondary stack from that game right there. I need to know about McLaurin. McLaurin, like he practiced, one, beat writers were all over the place on this one this morning. And I was on stream when it happened, uh, when it was breaking. But what we found was like, well, he was seeing the trainers for most of practice, or he was in getting work from the trainers most of practice, but he had practiced Wednesday and Thursday. So I don't know if this is a new injury or if he was just getting therapy done or whatever. Obviously it's a situation to monitor because McLaurin's such a target hog, getting like 30% of the targets market share on Washington. Until otherwise, until we find out news to the contrary, I kind of expect him to play. 
unless that already broke when I've, I've been on stream all morning, unless that just broke that like he's definitely out. I want McLaurin. I want RSJ. If he's out, Humphreys just seems to be in too high a target spot, but there's nobody downfield other than maybe Deami Brown uh, or DeAndre Carter. There's just not much left. Yeah, definitely a, game, a situation to watch here. Hopefully we'll have some more light on McLaurin and that hamstring tightness. That could be a problem, maybe a false flag there. We'll see how it goes the next few days. Christian McCaffrey, another guy who looked like he was trending towards playing. He's not at practice again today, according to some of the reports out there, after a midweek downgrade ahead of their game versus Minnesota. And now this has been a spot where we saw Chuba Hubbard have finally that big game people were hoping for. Well, coincidentally, Sam Darnold had one of the worst games he's had overall in the season. Is this a spot where you want to go back to Chuba against the Minnesota team that has a pretty generous from time to time getting into shootouts so far? this year uh i think you can but like i said there's so many running backs this week that i don't know that you need to between adding kareem hunt to the list and jonathan taylor and deandre swift and daryl henderson and ezekiel elliott and uh kansas city's situation there the bears situation now with williams being out I think all of those guys being great plays is going to hold down the percentage on pretty much all of them. And you're going to see a lot of guys between 10% and 25% where like, I think Hubbard probably comes in maybe as my like seventh or eighth favorite running back on the slate because the other, it's very similar to last week when we had so many running backs that you didn't really have to go off the reservation because they were so many that were just so underpriced versus their volume and opportunity. Pete, how are you feeling about Chuba? You have been one of the advocates for him on the year, defending even his name pronunciations in a way that I'm sure the entire Hubbard family appreciates. So would you be willing to play him in this spot if we do get McCaffrey out once more? Well, as Smiz knows, I mean, if you mispronounce a player on stream, the chat will let you know very quickly and uh, mm -hmm. you adjust accordingly. So I, I pivoted on my Chuba to Chuba uh, very quickly in the offseason. Uh, yeah, I agree with Smiz. I think it's going to be really flat there as far as ownership. I'm, I'm probably just going to be like a pure ownership play on Chuba. Like if you were to drop under 10%, I mean, at 5,900, I think that would be pretty attractive to me. Just the way I've been kind of building my lineups mostly this year, I'm normally living in that like 55 to 6,500 range mm -hmm. at running back and then trying to pay up for receivers. So he definitely fits that sweet spot criteria for me. And if his ownership stays in check, I, I was encouraged on how he looked um, last week with McCaffrey out. Whereas a few weeks ago, there was kind of doubt if he was going to get the full workhorse role they were using. Uh, who are they using? Royce Freeman, some Rodney Smith, some weird stuff. Whereas last week it seemed like he, you know, took a, a little bit more of a lead in that backfield. So yeah, I'm still interested in him. I like Pete bringing like real serious analysis, even more than usual. Like you brought your full game face here with Al on the show. And I think <laughs> I, you bring out the best in both of us, Al, is what I'll give you credit for also in additional. So all the things you're getting credit for really that we can touch. It's all because of Al Seidenfeld and what you've done. No. no. <laughs> well, no. I mean, not the bad things. I'm, I'm sure here for the shenanigans. <laughs> the shenanigans are coming. Trust me. Oh, oh yeah. There will just be, be some thankful that we're not making you do an uh, Italian, you know, mafia <laughs> accent or a gypsy fortune teller. I mean, yeah. I minted a moon on stream today. So like I'm down for any of it. What, what, what moon did I miss a mint? The meta heroes stuff. It's, it's the, it's the deepest rabbit hole ever. And it's gotta be its own show. You can't, Ms. you can't I just talk about meta heroes uh, in like a drop in segment. I need to I need to hear your quick NFT take. Are we in NFT winter? Is it here? Everyone's panicking in my. Is Discord. winter good or bad? Like I don't know what everything. <laughs> the, everybody's like, oh, it's, it's totally NFT winter. I'm totally ready for it. Look at how many things are on Coinbase now. All these new retail investors are going to come in and buy all this stuff. That would be good. Wait, like, is win winter good? I, I if you're a buyer, winter is great. If you're a seller, it's not. <laughs> right. It should be bad. But like they're giving all these examples of like, oh God, winter is coming. Like all these examples you're giving is that everybody's going to buy everything. That would be good, not <laughs> bad. That's the opposite of winter, my sweet summer child. It thanks, is. thanks to both of you guys for bringing this up because that reminds me to get in line for the run it backpack right now on NBA <laughs> Top Shot that I'll happily sell. As Pete knows, I will sell to anybody for slightly above market value in any situation on Top Shot. Spag's a complete rent seeker. This is well known. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Look, I'm, I'm going to be forthright about it. That's my NBA Top Shot lane. So get in line with me right now if you want to have a pack and not get it. Uh, that's the main thing. Um, we also got to talk about the other side, Minnesota, real fast. Uh, just want to point out Dalvin Cook practice will play at Carolina. Justin Jefferson did not practice, but expected to play as well as Adam Thielen. So keep that in mind for the other half of the Carolina game. And I'll just mention this guy, Damian Williams, now on the COVID list. David Montgomery still out. Uh, we got Blitz in the chat asking about this guy, but 
Al, do you have any feelings in your heart for Khalil Herbert in a home game against Green Bay where uh, maybe the game script helps him out? He does get some pass game work, but does seem like a guy who was playing more snaps than Damian Williams last week and could certainly get a large share of the role here at home in a spot that maybe the running back won't be as valued, I guess, going against, depending on whatever Green Bay is going to be doing. I mean, somebody's got to touch the ball, right? Out of the backfield there. They're not going to throw the ball downfield all that often. They do a little bit, but like this is a very basic offense right now. And if they at all get a lead, if there is at all a game script for them where they're ahead by a touchdown, you know that they're going to bleed the clock and run it a ton. They ran it a ton last week when they were ahead. And like they didn't throw this kid the ball at all because they were ahead and just trying to bleed clock in the second half. Now, maybe Pete can speak to the prospect report on him and tell me if he's been a better pass catcher than zero targets last week. I would assume that everybody is better than zero targets. Um, but he's basically the guy. And there was only four running backs in the league last week that played over 75% of snaps, which is what he projects to play for this week. So at from a usage perspective, and a deployment perspective, he's going to be on the field. And again, another running back who's way too cheap. Pete, how about you with Khalil Herbert? I think you've touted him a little bit. You mentioned him as kind of looming when we talked about Damian Williams last week. So somebody you'd be willing to go to this week at all? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of interested in him. He is projecting as a nice value down there. I, I do prefer him to Darrell Williams, I think. And I Ryan Nall is going to get some touches, but I think the team has already kind of done the Ryan Nall thing a few times that it was pretty uh, lackluster and they've already shown a willingness to give Herbert some burn. So uh, the team has kind of done bell cow back stuff like Montgomery. They plug Damian Williams is, is kind of a one for one bell cow. And I think they could do, you know, similar with, uh, with Herbert and with all this value opening up in the 5,500 to 6,300 range. I wonder if Herbert actually becomes a little sneaky. Whereas in the first set of ownership projections, he was looking pretty popular. And we also got some injuries for the Giants. Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley officially going to be out versus the Rams. Daniel Jones looking like a full participant in practice, pending the independent doctor review of his concussion status. And now last week we did see uh, Kadarius mm -hmm. Tony have the breakout game. Maybe some people will chase that uh, one more week here, even though we are expected to have Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard back in the mix. So are you willing to trust any Giants against a Rams team that so far this year has kind of underperformed on defense? I like Shepard. Uh, I like Shepard all offseason. His ADP was entirely too low. Um, and he showed that in the games that he was healthy early, running out of the slot and getting a lot of targets. And then we saw Kadarius Tony with a similar A dot to Shepard the last two weeks. If there is merit-based promotions at all uh, at the NFL level, and only three wide receivers plus Engram, and Engram's kind of not good. So, like, you have to get the ball in this kid's hands because you have so few playmakers on offense now, minus Barkley, now minus Galladay. Uh, and what he did the last two weeks with the ball in his hand. He's going to have these easily convertible targets that are within 10 yards, and once they get him the ball in space, he can make fun things happen. And I like football players that make fun things happen when they have the ball in their hands. Pete, how about you? You want to ride with the, the fun Kadarius Tony, or are you going to be a little more afraid of him just losing that target share with two guys who have been, at various points in your life or in our lives, uh, target monsters of their own right in, for the Giants? Yeah, this Kadarius Tony thing is very fun because I do think Shepard is going to project well as a mm -hmm. value play. I think he's going to be popular. And there's something about Kadarius Tony and, you know, just the way he came out and produced uh, in such a kind of surprising way. And I sometimes think like I'd rather get out ahead of these rookie breakouts. Again, I don't want to keep comparing. Uh, you know, Kadarius Tony to Odell Beckham, but Odell Beckham was injured for the first part of his rookie mm -hmm. year, came in, flashed, and everyone's like, no, he can't keep this up. He's a rookie, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he went on an incredible tear. And so I, I, if I'm seeing his ownership right now at 5% and no mm -hmm. one's going to play him because he's not projecting that well, this might be, you can't put the Kadarius Tony genie back in the bottle and he might just pop off. So I'm, I'm pretty interested in him in, in tournaments at this ownership. And one more young receiver making a debut. So, Pete, I will ask you about this guy. But Sammy Watkins now out. Rashad Bateman expected to play versus the Chargers in a game that, you know, two teams that have been scoring a lot on the year. And we do know that Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, going to be the guys that popped to mind first. But are you willing to play any Rashad Bateman, uh, a guy who you have been had your eyes on, really, I think, as much as anybody outside of Rondale Moore in the rookie class? Yeah, I am interested because he's salary relief. And as of right now, it doesn't look like he's going to be popular. I could see him being a guy that gets some steam just being at 3,000. Um, we need kind of guys like, I don't know, Van Jefferson at 3,400, maybe a Josh Gordon to kind of distract from him. But yeah, uh, to me, I'm always okay playing cheap wide receivers if they're not going to be too popular. 
Al, do you want any Bateman shares for yourself and, and path maybe perhaps winning the Millie Maker this week if we do see Brown and Mark Andrews come back down to earth? Well, maybe this is, I should save this for the uh, for the hot take segment. But like, who's going to play more snaps? Bateman or Duvernay? Probably Duvernay, you'd think. Yeah, well, I, have, right I currently have Duvernay outscoring Bateman uh, because he's just going to be out there more. Uh, I assume he's going to be out there. Now, if Bateman's getting the full amount of snaps and the love that Sammy Watkins was getting, one of the target leaders on this team, then he's going to absolutely smash. But like first game back from a groin injury as a rookie, I could definitely see them easing him in behind a guy like Duvernay who has done well enough in the absence of Watkins last week and has another year of experience. So like it could be a situation where Bateman plays X amount of snaps and next week plays 50% more and then week after plays 70% more and just earns his way uh, over a couple of weeks rather than just he's playing 90% of snaps and running routes on every drop back. Pete, does that rain on your Bateman parade at all? No, I mean, you have to preach caution on a rookie coming off of an injury, stepping into a run-heavy offense, and, you know, immediately expecting him to produce. So, no, I think it's fair to have skepticism. I mean, we saw this week one with all the rookies that were priced cheaply, and, you know, it was all the ones we wanted uh, to hit that didn't hit. You know, Elijah Moore flopped as week one, 3K chalk, and uh, and then it was the guys like Devonta Smith who were going off. So I think it's it's fine to have skepticism about a rookie in his first game. I just wonder if he's going to have a higher percent. I think everybody's going to want to play the shiny new toy, which is, yeah. you know, which is him. And then they're going to forget that this other guy is a professional receiver at this point who's earned his role on that team. I think Bateman's definitely better, but I don't know if he's going to get the run this week to actually flex on that talent. Yeah. Yeah. And the air yard share has certainly been there heavily for Marquise Brown. We saw Mark Andrews finally have the breakout game. So maybe they have something they're happy with. So definitely some risk profile. If you are playing Rashad Bateman this week, but maybe it'll be worth the upside based on some of the love he's gotten mm -hmm. from guys like Pete and other sharp players around the industry as well. But it's time to do some cage match low ball. And Pete, I'll let you set the table here, but we got Al's normally challenging people to these cage matches for head to heads, trying to make good lineups. And this week, Pete, we're going to go the exact opposite way. Yeah, uh, Al has this awesome uh, format that he does on his show called Cage Match. If for some reason you guys haven't seen it, where it's a head-to-head -head contest on DraftKings, but it goes like a draft. And so once someone selects a player, they are no longer available to the other player. So there's some fun game theory there as far as trying to select the best values before your, your uh, opponent does. And so we're going to flip it on its head today and <laughs> do the same concept as a three-man, except... We are trying to get the lowest score possible. And of course, we need to make these picks in good faith. You know, these are players that are going to play. And to help kind of keep us uh, within the rules here, we're going to say you have to have at least 49,000 salary used as well. So you can't just put all 3,000 guys in. So we're trying to put the best or the worst lineup forward of guys who are going to actually play on Sunday. Are, are we also still trying to stack with this? Because it does seem like that should be a part of it. Like you should be trying to do with a stack and a bring back still because it shouldn't be like a cash game bad lineup, right? Well, I mean, I think stacking could be in the same way you're trying to stack to open yourself up to variance on the upper end. You <laughs> could be trying to open yourself up to variance on the lower end too. All right. So do we want to let Al draft first here as Peach? Look at that bankroll on Pete's account flexing it right in all of our faces. Yeah, I don't know if you guys heard, but... uh I, I got a fourth in a contest and I put bink on the thumbnail and then people got mad at me because I didn't actually win it. No, it was an emotional <laughs> bink, not a literal one. Fourth floor bink. <laughs> uh, right, do we... but I, I do have three tabs open and I do agree we should give Smiz the first pick here in this low ball contest. Okay. Uh, I'll take Dalvin Cook. All righty. Dalvin he Cook. He projects to play in this game. He's 7,700 uh, on the road against Carolina. Uh, the total is not one of the higher totals on the week and Madison has, it has done exceptionally well. I would not be shocked if this turns into what was like an 85, 15 split into like a 65, 35 split, especially with cook working his way back. Uh, historical anomalies asking the questions. Normally we beg you not to dupe us. You are more than welcome to dupe these lineups. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> I'll let you do better next. than our real lineups normally do yeah. when they get duped. <laughs> 
All right. Do you want to go next, Pete? Actually, Pete, are we going to do separate ones or are we going to do it as a team effort against Al? No, the, the format is we're each building our own. So now Dalvin Cook is no longer available to okay. either of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'll go next. And I can I go with a stack then? Like, can I get two? No, picks one. one pi- I get to go. If you want the stack, then you have to go at the turn. Okay, fine. Then you can go. All right. I'm going to do Mike Williams. Uh, I love Big Mike. Uh, he's having an incredible year, but we already saw two weeks ago that he can get taken out of these games, and his salary is just pretty absurd up here at 8100 So I'm going to pray for a Big Mike uh, flop game and chew up as much salary as I can. All right, I'm going to go, so I'll take the turn then. I will take a Davis Mills stack with Pete's good pal, Chris Conley, I think as the one that should perform terribly. 16.5 implied points in this one, and I'm thinking the Davis Mills game last week was not one we'll see, maybe again for the rest of the season. All right, I think Spags might be playing this wrong from a game theory standpoint, going after the cheap guys first. We will see when the chips are settled. It's back to Smith. Oh, it comes back to me? Doesn't go to you? Oh, you're right, because you, uh, uh, you're you right. We're snaking. You're right. We're snaking. All right. I am going to, I am going to play. Hmm. Do I want to keep chewing up salary? I think I do. I think I want to keep <laughs> chewing up salary. I am going to do, I'm going to do Jamar Chase. And it's very scary. Yes. But his price is now up here firmly. I think T. Higgins' role is is growing, and I think Jamar Chase's touchdown expectancy is uh, is running a little too hot right now. So I'm going to see if I can uh, will a Jamar Chase dip, even though I don't want to. <laughs> All right, Al, what would you like here on this this lovely lineup that you're building for yourself? All right, well, we go with correlation when we try to win tournaments, right? <laughs> So when you're trying to lose a tournament, I'm also going to go with correlation here. I'm going to take, uh, his name is Alexander Madison. Ooh, I, oh, I didn't even, that's smart. This is good. <laughs> this is good. I like that Smith. All right. I'm going to go with Alexander Madison to try and, uh, you know, piss into the wind against myself here with the Madison cook stack. Um, I'm going to fill my flex here as well and spend an awful lot of money. Uh, on Aaron Jones, going up against Chicago on the road, this one is dangerous, Yeah, I think, right? Because anytime everybody wants to jump on Devontae Adams, like, okay, everybody's on Adams, just play Jones. And we've seen Jones have three touchdown games, what, uh, four times, five times in the last year and a half? Yeah. Something ridiculous like that. So, like, this one could actually bite me. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to eat up 7,300 in salary, I have 4,800 to go. I, I kind of like where I'm at here. I can get some wide receivers who aren't going to get any targets. I can get uh, quarterbacks who aren't going to do anything good. So eating up a lot of salary there, uh, I think, was the right play. I don't know for sure. I've never done a low-ball cage match, but <laughs> I'm adjusting on the fly here. Uh, no, I think Aaron Jones is a good pick. I was I was debating him. I am... Now that I've kind of chewed up a decent amount of salary, I'm going to do a running back that I think salary is is too big for what his role is right now. And I'm going to put Latavius Murray in here at 5,700. He barely played uh, last week in that game. I still think uh, Tyson Williams is is the back there, and they've been working in Devonta Freeman as well. So uh, I, I can see a big flop for Murray here. All right, I will go. I'll leverage against Al's plays here at running back, and I will take an overpriced Justin Jefferson, a guy who's not practicing mm-hmm. this week, maybe banged up, who knows? But hit him just around 8K at the price tag on DK, I don't think that's a salary that's going to pay off. So that's my move here. And actually, I'll use that same thesis for one more guy. DeAndre Hopkins is steadily getting eaten away by all the Cardinals backs, another expensive receiver that I think will have a hard time hitting the multiple. So uh, Pete, does this strategy start to look better to you now? I'm saving money to get to the guys that I think will really bust at high salaries. What's the yeah. thing if they don't play? Yeah, I was just somebody who does, that. right? Well, yeah. I don't think we're not, we're not playing for anything really. So <laughs> it's just, we just give ourselves a pat on <laughs> no, the back. No, no, no. Let's, uh, let's say this. If the guy doesn't play, you have to take their average points per game as, okay. as okay. their thing. That's fine. So. 20.7 for Jefferson there. Sure. Okay. Let's, that's a steep separate penalty than I think you guys had indicated initially, but fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, I mean, <laughs> if you're trying to skirt the rules and you say it doesn't matter because the points don't matter, you know, we gotta, we gotta take advantage of that. Um, all right. I am going to correlate, uh, my Jamar chase here with Joe Burrow. Um, 
I do think it makes sense because we've seen this team kind of play different ways as far as letting Burrow air it out versus being run heavy. Mixon, uh, it sounds like he's going to be back this week. And if Chase isn't getting the touchdowns, I think someone in the chat liked this uh, correlation as well. Uh, it should sink both of them a decent bet. So I'll stack up Burrow and Chase. Well, that comes back to me then. I got to pick somebody who's going to play who I don't think is going to get a lot of targets and comes in at a solid salary. So that leads me to Allen Robinson. Ooh. Let's do it. Another was, guy who's a little yeah. questionable. The, the Justin Fields Allen Robinson stack might not be the worst idea here. Right. But you see, based on the penalties oh. now. Oh, my God. Gamifying this. <laughs> <laughs> I get to spend 5300 in salary, and if he doesn't play, I only get eight points anyway. <laughs> too sharp. He's yeah. too sharp. He found, he found the loophole. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with another boomer bust guy here, right? Um, yeah. I'm going to go with Henry Ruggs. Ooh, okay. That's a nice pick. At 5200 against Denver. Denver, uh, a team that with two running backs that are going to eat into each other and eat into the clock a ton – and the Raiders dealing with it. And look, there's a chance that the Raiders could just circle the wagons here and be fine moving forward. Or there's a chance that there's some lingering effects uh, from the Gruden emails. What I like about this pick is that he's probably not going to get seven, eight, nine targets. He's probably going to be under five. And I'm going to get, you know, a thousand per target. Great. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, I am going, I, I think I'm doing fine on salary for now. I'm going to toss in. I'm going to toss in it. You know what? Actually, I think paying up at tight end is actually better than punting at tight end just because the scoring is so random. Let's uh, let's do Tyler Higby. His production has been kind of all over the map. Uh, I do think he could have a, a very good game, but I think he could also have one of his textbook, you know, three target games where he does nothing. So I'm going to go ahead and do a Higby and hope for a week two against Indy 1.8 game. Well, I don't intend to be leveraging against Al so so vigorously, though. As FF Doom points out, uh, who would have thought the guy who makes cage match videos is good at the cage match? I think is the important <laughs> thing that perhaps we didn't consider enough. But I'm going to leverage against Rugs and take Darren Waller and spend some more money there. Oh, guys, that's what I wanted. Damn it. Wow. <laughs> so, there we go. Darren Waller for me. And I guess I get the turn, too. Um, where, where's my salary at? All right. Um, at running back, uh, Aaron Jones was a pretty good pick. Um, you know what? Give me a flex. Give me CD Lamb, another guy who's been not quite as good as people think. The salary still a little bit higher than it should be. And I guess I'll sort out running back and hope that there's some scraps left to get on the turn. Wow. There you go. CD Lamb. Uh, nice pick there. Um, let's see here. I am back. I have 4,700. Let's do a running back that is pretty touchdown dependent. And this isn't the best matchup on the road against Cleveland. I'm going to do James Conner here at 5,500. Yeah, definitely do for some regression on his touchdowns. Oh, God. The tight end is just so thin at this point. I'm just going to leave tight end for now. Uh, all right. Let me let me find another wide receiver in here that I can go with. Or, or should I just pay up for defense? <laughs> that's that's probably a smart. <laughs> I, it's probably a smart move that I should have done. Should I just pay up for defense here? Like, DraftKings has done such a good job at pricing up all the defenses that are good. Like there's so many, there's good defenses now that are like a little bit cheap. Like I'm going to go with the Raiders defense at 3,100. Like it doesn't make sense in a format like this to pay 4,700 for the Rams. Uh, Cause the Rams could actually do a whole lot of damage against the giants this week. Uh, so I'm going to leave that 1600 on the table for somebody else to go grab them and cut into their salary. But uh, the Raiders, hopefully, against Denver, at Denver, give up some points. Don't sack the quarterback a lot. Teddy good, and good at getting the ball out early, and they run the ball a ton, so not a lot of dropback opportunities for the Raiders to pile up sacks. I like it, uh, and I like it so much that I am going to just take your idea of paying up for defense. I'm going to jam the Rams here at uh, 4,700. Okay. Wait, didn't Al get one more because of the turn? Shit! You're right. But <laughs> no, you can't, I can't take two you defenses. You can't take the Rams, so I'm fine. <laughs> I always try to steal Spags's pick in our waiver wire draft too, so it's mm -hmm. it's my move. It's a poor low character move, some would say. All right, well, let me let me find a really trash quarterback. Who's the lowest rated quarterback <laughs> based on points per dollar this week? Um, God, I'm not taking Aaron Rodgers. That's for sure. 
Yeah, Davis Mills was a, was actually a very good pick. The ETR, people in the chat saying they want to dupe my lineup, so apparently I've inadvertently landed on much <laughs> more, much higher DFS credibility than I have for my normal uh, outlays. That's All right, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat into myself here. Uh, speaking of correlating, I'm gonna go with Kirk Cousins for 6,200. All right, uh, and just chew away at my own skin uh, with two running backs and a quarterback on the same team. I think that's pretty smart strategy for this one. Uh, zero is cap says my lineup is a legit GPP lineup. Look, if your GPP lineups and your low ball lineups don't look similar, you're playing <laughs> GPPs wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. I already took the Rams. It's back to spags. All right. So for me, let's see, I need to probably take a running back. You know what? Let me take a defense. That's terrible. Can you go down to the cheaper defenses? Uh, yes. I know I'm not going to do your guys' strategy of taking that because I need to actually have some money at running back to do something. And I'll take the Washington football team, who I don't foresee having their bounce back game coming against Kansas City, uh, who was also coming off of a brutal uh, national TV loss. So I think take them and hope they somehow up with negative points is going to be my move. And then at running back, I got to now I need both my running backs. This is not my favorite. Um, <laughs> How about Samaj Pirine? I think that seems like a guy who should maybe lose some workload. Isn't this he on the week. COVID list? Isn't he? He's sick. Yeah. Is he? Come on. Oh, I didn't even spags. see that. Okay. Well, that's. Oh, I didn't even see that. Oops. I don't want to take his average. That would have been so terrible. I'm sure. For my lineups. <laughs> oh, um, Shady hmm. Spags back at it again. Uh, <laughs> you bastard. How about uh, does Jarek McKinnon qualify? Would be a question. Uh, yeah. Why not? Okay. Jerick McKinnon will be my back then. A guy who could see some more workload with Clyde edwards helaire out, who is probably not going to be actually good. Yes. Um, I think just as we're nearing the end of this, I I, I did say uh, 4,900. I think we should make it 49.5 that you have to spend at least. Okay. What do you think? I think sure. 4,900 is just a little too, or uh, 49,000 is a little too lax. No, that's fair. I mean, that's probably a decent cap on Fantasy Cruncher to try to make sure you're not leaving too much money on the table. So I think that's reasonable. Okay. Um, all right. I am going to... I'm just going to try to get... I'm going to do Josh Gordon. I love Josh Gordon, but uh, I just don't think his role is going to be there uh, this week at 3,400. So I'll try to get a, a zero there. All right. Smiz? All right. So... Again, chewing away at my own team. I'm going to take, uh, well, let's see. Is he playing? Yeah, he practiced. Okay. I'm going to take Tunyon at 3,800, leaving me with 5,200 left at wide receiver. We're looking at guys like Odell Beckham Jr. Showed up in the uh, buy low air yards model. Not taking him. <laughs> Tim Patrick, I could take somebody else from that Denver-Las Vegas game. Uh, Shepard, I think, is too good. Kirk has big playability. Landry coming back from injury. I've got to stay above 500 remaining salary. So, like, why not buy into the Detroit Lions passing game with Khalif Raymond and wow. his two targets from last week? So, my final lineup, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, all correlated very well for this tournament. Uh, Allen Robinson, uh, Henry Ruggs III, Khalif Raymond, Tunyon, Aaron Jones, Raiders D. Yeah, water droplets saying, Al, that's the worst line I have ever seen in my life. Congrats, which <laughs> means you have probably won this game, Al. I am legitimately jealous of Smith's lineup. This looks like the perfect low ball lineup based on our rules. Uh, yeah, I bet my house that Al wins this. All right, Spags, we got some work to do. How can I possibly top this? So I need a guy over 4,700 here uh, to stay within our rules. Um, Let's see here. You know if what? You take AJ Green. Oh my lord! Will I be <laughs> deeply mad at you? <laughs> I cannot. Uh, you know what? Let's do it. If Smiz is going to double the backfield, yeah, we're going to go Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray here. It's the optimal way to go. There you oh, go. Please, awful. Lamar Jackson and Devonta Freeman, have yourself a game. <laughs> All right, I got one more here at that price tag. Let's see who we got. Um, <laughs> can't take Madison, so that's that's frustrating. Can you give me just running backs so you can pair out yeah. the wide receivers? Yeah. So you can you need uh, to be what fifty seven and higher. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? I'll never have a, a tough time going. It's just, I take Kareem Hunt here and just hope that do everybody it. do <laughs> and, uh, it. I will take um, I'll take Josh Jacobs. I feel like a okay. guy that we can always rely on go. disappointing somehow. I think really correlating the Raiders here, hoping that they're all deeply upset and hurt by what happened with their team. So <laughs> no bounce back for the Raiders. In fact, just more crippling sadness in my lineup. 
Um, what after the show, I'll send uh, uh, invite to a three man league to you two, so we can both. Uh, I'll take screenshots of these, and then we can uh, enter these, and we'll we'll let Willis, the accountant, take this one off, and let DraftKings do the heavy lifting on the scoring. <laughs> Okay. Seems like a reasonable move. So there you go. If you want to dupe those lineups, you've seen them on the screen. You can take them for yourself and you can lose money along with us this weekend here on DraftKings. But uh, let's do the troll equity play of the week and then we'll have to make some good time on the ride or die pick. So Pete, if you can explain to Al the troll equity play, even though I'm sure you already have. So really more explain to the audience what that's all about. Yeah. Troll play of the week is just who is the guy that comes out of nowhere that everyone is screaming at their television and people are going just as we all predicted. Demetric felt. <laughs> two TDs. So that's my troll play of the week. Kareem Hunt is going to end up as the highest owned guy on the slate. And Demetric Felton is going to steal two touchdowns and absolutely tilt fantasy and DFS Twitter off the axis of the earth. And the sake of making up some time here and then also leveraging against Pete, as I just also enjoy doing, I'll take Ernest Johnson as a troll play <laughs> week, a guy with maybe a kind of a similar name, similar outlay to what could happen to Kareem Hunt and a name that we know and can trust. The Ernest Johnson will underperform for you time and time again. So that's my troll play. Al, how about you? Uh, I'm going to go with the 4D chess play of everybody's going to be on Jonathan Taylor because he's a five box running back this week and he's looked like an absolute monster. Uh, so then... To pivot off of him, people are going to go to Michael Pittman. Well, if everybody's going to play Taylor, I'm going to play Pittman. Uh, so I'm going to go with Pascal as the guy who's going to get Ooh. into the end zone two times this weekend and galaxy brain the galaxy brain place. Pascal is like the dictionary definition of a troll play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's is CY Hilton back or not yet? I, I feel like I haven't seen the official ruling on that. I think he's dead. Oh, <laughs> that's the, the saddest of the outcomes for T.Y. Hilton. Thought he would play, thought he was off IR. Nope, just turned out he's dead. I, that's crazy because I was on Roto World and I didn't hear anything about T.Y. Hilton dying. I'm going to have to look into that. <laughs> J.J. Zacharyson have a tweet about it for <laughs> Since it's a new bit because he's not I already retired. I didn't know he died. <laughs> All right, let's do the ride or die picks. And of course, this is the part where we go game by game for the Sunday slate and reveal everything that you need to know, really just what our hottest take is for that one. Uh, but we'll we'll get in that in a second. First of all, hit the like button whether you're watching on Peach channel or the splash play channel. Of course, make sure to go follow Al on Twitter at Al Zeidenfeld at Al underscore Smizzle on Twitch. You can see all the content he's doing, and make sure to follow at Splash Play Pod as well because we are putting out all the content, including when these shows are gonna be up every single day on. On there so go hang out with us at splash play pod uh but pete explain the ride or die picks here which of course as everybody should know by now i did in fact win last week pete slowly losing the grip he had earlier on in the season um thanks for that interest bags very nice of you uh yes ride or die we go through the games and we each give one pick for that game it can be dfs related fantasy related sports betting in a millimaker maker lineup over a certain amount of points outscoring teammates basically any bet is allowed and then we will grade it on a scale of one being kind of a gimme three pointers being a little bit more uh, unlikely to happen, but still within the realm of possibility. And then a 10 pointer is the true Hail Mary. So you can basically scale your picks based on how aggressive you want to be. Spags used to be a nit with all his one and three pointers. And now he's a 10 point bro. I've always been a 10 point bro. And we're going to find out what Smith is today. Yes, yeah, are you a 10 or are you a one? I feel like that's really where you're making our, our stands in life and in this game. Measured takes only from this account. It's probably going to be a bunch of ones. <laughs> All right, let's start it off with the London game. We're giving the poor people of London our best and brightest with Miami and Jacksonville. 25 implied points for Miami, 22 for Jacksonville. A line is three points according to the books. According to Edge Sports, actually should be a seven-point line favoring Miami. So we'll see how that holds up. Uh, but Pete, you can go first on this one if you want to set the bar. Yeah, uh, I feel like I have to do something with... Uh, LaVisca Chenault. So let's say uh, LaVisca Chenault, the highest scoring non-quarterback in this game. That feels like a 10-pointer, I would think, right? Yeah. Sounds like a 10-pointer to me. That's the other part of this, Smiz, is there's a lot of negotiation that goes Fair. along here. Everyone's trying to pull fast ones, and we got to keep each other in check. Of course, there's got to be checks and balances. <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind, Al, feel free to grift away here on this London game for us and tell us what your ride or die pick is. Uh, okay. I guess this one's going to be a little bit of a hot take. I think that Malcolm Brown, uh, is going to have more snap. I don't know. Does it have to be fantasy points? Really? Malcolm Brown out snaps and out touches miles Gaskin this week. I think that would be, that feels like a 10 coming off of last week. I think, uh, I think we'll give a guess 10 pointer here. Okay. All right. So there you go. Solid 10 pointer there. I'll show when he knows the game already, much like cage match. I'll say for me, I will go, um, 
Marvin Jones over 20 fantasy points. Pete, is that a 10? Marvin Jones over 20? Yeah. No. Why is that not? What's the <laughs> projection cl- you have for Marvin cl- Jones? That's a classic three-pointer. His that's- ceiling projection is going to be like 15 or 16 points, and he's barely going over that. I mean, one touchdown, and he clears that. Get out of here. Over 25. Point. Is that 28, 20? This is a 27 and a half situation. 27 and a half. Does that sound? That's not a 10% outcome. And the chat is already just roasting you for how ridiculous <laughs> this is. Get out of here. Willis literally laughed out loud. I mean, Spags, this is <laughs> absurd. I didn't know that this was a, just a chat to cyber bully me on the show today, but well, that's fine. stop <laughs> trying to sneak ones past us. You can take it at uh, a three-pointer, or you can go up All right, to- how about Dan Arnold outscores LaVisca Chenault? Is that a 10-pointer? God, you know how to get me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to feel be. it out. It shouldn't be either. It's, it's like a boxing match. We're throwing jabs right now. We're seeing what the distance is. And now we'll know that uh, when Dan Arnold outscores LaVisca Chenault, that I'll be a happy boy. The Los Angeles Chargers up next, 24.3 implied points. Baltimore, 26.8 implied points. So that is about a three-point spread here favoring Baltimore. And Al, you know the rules now, so you can take the first pick in this one. Uh, it's it's going to be the same take as before, that uh, Devin Duvernay outscores Bateman. It's probably a one-pointer. Uh, Yeah. That's a one pointer. Their projection, it looks like, is pretty similar. Uh, but I, it's 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 spicy enough that this is the thing. In a perfect world, Smiz, we'd give you two points for it. But there's it's no two logical. pointers. It's just there's too no, logical. There's no yeah. two pointers on this show, so it is a one pointer. Uh, I guess I'll take the next one here, and I'm also gonna. I'm, you know what? I'm gonna make it my goal since Pete hurt me early on with the help of chat, but I'm gonna mostly blame Pete. I'm gonna try to hurt him, and I'm gonna say Eric Tomlinson outscores uh, one Rashad Bateman in his debut. Wow. <laughs> what? I mean, talk about grasping at petty straws here. I mean, <laughs> the pettiest ten pointer straws. But you know what? One that could happen, Pete. Rashad Bateman gonna be out there just running laps. So time and time again. Goodness. Um. Will you give me, how about this? Mm, no. Uh, yeah. Will you give me 10 points if Devonta Freeman is the scores the most points out of the Baltimore backfield? Mm, give yes, me. I would. Yeah. I mean, Al's being nice. I think he, you know, he's a kind. You guys have that rapport. I just I don't think see any me, way that, that I, happens. <laughs> I would say maybe more of a three-pointer. More no, than a it's a 10-pointer. Thank you, Smith. Next. Um, <laughs> I don't like how this show is going. Houston, 16.5 implied points. Indianapolis, 27 implied points. So an 11-point favorite there. Edge Sports does have the line. EDJSports.com. We're in 100,000 simulations as it is a seven-point line. So I guess I'm due to go first in this one and i can't leverage against uh my my work my low ball lineup there so i will take davis mills under 100 passing yards pete is that something that would be a 10 what davis wanna, mills under 100 his projection is going to be like what 140 yards are you kidding me he's, he's projected for 15 fantasy points by osmo that's a pretty decent line i'm saying he's going to be back to being bad again that's a three-pointer fine i'll take it <laughs> Under a hundred yards. I mean, Spags, this is absurd. <laughs> I, I think you're being harder than usual. If no, I had to guess, you got he, 10 pointers or hail Mary's not the worst quarterback in the league going under, under a hundred yards. yards is pretty hard for any quarterback. Who's not Ben DiNucci to do. They're going to establish the run and you know it. Uh, all, right, <laughs> all right. What Smith. do you want, Pete? No, we'll go to Smith. All right. Okay. Uh, again, I'm going to stick with my, pr- uh, my take from earlier. Zach Pascal is going to find his way into the paint. I'm going to let you guys negotiate how many points that is realizing that T.Y. Hilton did practice this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are at least two plays on the Colts, if not three, including Naheem Hines, if not four, including uh, the behemoth Mo Ali Cox for him so, to actually be the guy. So in a perfect world, this is like a seven pointer, but I'm willing so to round give up. It, I Smith, I'm getting there. We're going to round <laughs> up. Spags, are you okay rounding up? Wait, so we're saying Zach Pascal, who has 43% of the team's receiving touchdowns, scoring a touchdown is a 10-pointer? So, I mean, what are the odds that <laughs> even the best players score a touchdown in a game? You, you're we're, The the 10-pointers are generally in like the 10% or less range. I would say it's around 10% or less that Pascal will score a touchdown. I just feel like the pushbacks have not been equitable. I, I appreciate Al <laughs> doing the show too, but you shouldn't just let him steamroll. He basically just, just cucking you time and time again with the picks, Pete. You know, it's no, you know what? Because at least 
Smiths are somewhat creative. And I mean, and a hundred or less passing yards, a 10 pointer, 20 points or more for Marvin Jones. You are trying to cheat. Okay. Smith is actually just not super familiar with the scoring format. Jack says a 10 pointer should be two touchdowns for Pascal. I would agree. Zero is cap saying that's not a 10 pointer. James Kenny saying, wow, Pete is so in the tank for Smith. I'm glad the public is I'll finally aware of I'll Pete's take glen handing. I'll take three for the fifth <laughs> Someone, option on the Colts. Someone pull up a sports book and tell me what Zach Pascal. Yeah, what are the odds, odds are of Pascal anytime touchdown. touchdown? Yeah. I mean, I bet it's plus a thousand or more. Yeah, Willis, our accountant, thinks it's a three. Two TDs would be a 10. Yeah, apparently the chat loves Zach Pascal. Is he going to be chalk? <laughs> Zach Pascal this. apparently going to be 40% in tournaments this weekend. Guys, if you tell me I have a one in three chance of a Zach Pascal touchdown, I will play him in tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, Pete, how about this? I'll give it a 10-pointer if you play Zach Pascal 100% in tournaments. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. <laughs> I, why am I carrying Smith's water? I was just trying to be equitable. Yeah, you are being the water boy today. It's fine. I All think... right, here you go. Zach Pascal <laughs> plus twelve hundred to score a touchdown. Anytime touchdown plus twelve hundred. Yes. Wow. So if I am able to do my odds correctly, that's an implied probability of seven. People say plus two twenty, not plus twelve hundred. Plus two twenty. There's no, no way I... in any world. Okay. Everybody's let's, let's, saying it. Do you think they're all making up fake numbers? You're right. Marvel, <laughs> what if this situation? There is no universe where Zach Pascal is plus two twenty in any game ever. No, forty four percent of the receiving touchdown. Right. I was looking at first scoring <laughs> touchdown, not not the other one. All right, they're giving him a thirty one percent possibility. How do I short this? How do I short this? <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. How have we spent so much time on this Zach Pascal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will not find another fantasy show debating Zach Pascal. I know it's TD now. <laughs> I want you, you all, Zach Pascal better have 40% ownership in DFS contests with how bullish you guys all are. He's projected at 0.5 by ETR. 0.5% uh, this weekend is what he is going to be played this weekend. All right, but apparently he has a 40% chance of sneaking into the paint. I want to bet my house that Zach Pascal <laughs> doesn't score this weekend. <laughs> all right, so what's the ruling on the point total? <laughs> To three, three. After we're basically like lawyers being locked in a room for a negotiation, we figured it out. It's a three. Thank God. Oh, great. my client's going to death row. God, all the statisticians are out in the chat. Did you know Pascal is actually one of the top end zone targets? <laughs> Zach Pascal actually leads the Colts in red zone targets, bro. Did you the actually? Thing is, I knew all of those things going into this, and that's why he's my play. <laughs> Well, the good news is we closed one loop there. We've closed the loop last week with Pete's bullshit five top scorers in games where it's 40 nothing. So I'm glad week by week we're closing all the loops. Next game up, Cincinnati, 25.3 implied points. Detroit, 21.8 implied points. And, and now after that sort of force showing, you can go first. What do you want in this game? Uh, I want Joe Murrow. Uh, Joe Murrow? Who the hell is Joe Murrow? I want Joe Burrow. Apparently he's Edward R. Murrow's son. I want Joe Burrow on the Millionaire Maker winning team this week. Okay, Are you you're leveraging against my lowball lineup? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing your lowball lineup in the Millionaire Maker. All right, I want uh, T Higgins highest scoring non QB in this game. Okay, I will say um, Amon Ross St. Brown highest scoring position player in this game. That feels Ooh. like a ten pointer. Oh, what you That's mean? Pretty spicy, including yeah. quarterbacks. No position player, so not okay. not a QB. Yeah, uh, it's good position. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a ten pointer. Okay, Wait, so what is mine? What is Joe Burrow actually being the millionaire maker winning that's quarterback? 10. That's 10. Is that 10? Okay, yeah, it's it's 10, yeah. easy 10. Okay, good. The millionaire maker right. ones are generally always 10. Okay. Yeah, the, where it gets sticky is when you're guessing two. And uh, <laughs> to be two QBs to be in the millionaire maker rolling lineup, that doesn't tend to go quite right. as well for our ride or die picks. Um, all right, next game, we got to make up time. Green Bay, 25 implied points. They are a six-point favorite here heading to Chicago. 19 implied points for Chicago. Pete, you're due to go first on this one. What do you want? Sorry, which game? Uh, Chicago Green Bay. Oh boy. I I'm gonna take Smith's Millie Maker idea and I'm gonna apply it to Darnell Mooney in the winning Millie Maker lineup. Okay. He's been ahead of Alan Robinson in the target share and basically everything else for the year. So that could continue on either way. Uh Al, what do you want? Oh God, I don't even know in this game. Uh give me Herbert over 20 fantasy points. Khalil Herbert over 30. Uh, over 20. 20, over 20, over 20. <laughs> that's a three-pointer. Easy killer. Okay. Yes. You go over pointer. 30, that's a 10. Over 30, you get 10. 
Uh, is Randall Cobb outscoring Devontae Adams a 10-pointer? Yes. Okay, I will take that one then. I see his um, projection as a third of Devontae Adams. So I, Yeah, no, I it's think... not great, Pete. It's not... <laughs> That's why I was hoping you wouldn't be like, no, he needs to double him no, up to get... <laughs> You know, it's probably as likely as happening as Zach Pascal scoring a touchdown, but (laughs) next game, we got the Rams getting 29 implied points. The Giants getting 19 implied points. That is a 10 point line. According to the books, Edge Sports, EDJ Sports, 100,000 simulations has it as a seven point line Um, in this game. I will say, uh, you know what? Let's get weird. Daniel Jones, Millie Maker winning QB after he was so disappointing last week and so concussed. All right, I will say, will you guys give me 10 points? I feel like this is similar to the the Cobb and Devontae Adams. Kadarius Tony outscores Cooper Cup. Ooh, I think, mm. yeah, I think that could be a 10. Yes. I, I don't Rubber love stamped. it. <laughs> Al, what would you like in this battle of the Titans with the Rams heading east against the Giants? Oh, my God. Uh, Tyler Higby, two touchdowns. That's 10 points. Yep. That's He's fair. actually, you want me to tell you his uh, first time TD? Yeah, what is, this, what is his first touchdown from? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty high. It's pretty high. <laughs> He's somehow minus 110 to score two touchdowns. Who knew? That's crazy. This is, the people are tailing us. on <laughs> <laughs> You guys are sick. I mean, look, I, I think it's good. We're giving really actionable advice yeah. on Zach Pascal and nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the goal for this the show. What did people, this is what people learned today, how to make the worst possible week six lineup <laughs> and then Zach Pascal anytime touchdown props. What have we done? We, we set the bar real low as touts, which I think is what this is really the goal to show more than anything. Yeah. Uh, next game, we got Minnesota, 24 implied points. Carolina, 21.5 implied points. Three-point line, according to the books, favoring Minnesota. And uh, Al, I think you're due to go first on this one. Oh, my God. You keep doing this to me. Uh, Tyler Conklin, touchdown. Okay. Uh, I can't go back to looking up the odds on this. <laughs> <laughs> He's got 10% of the receiving touchdowns on the year, so that would inherently, I think, be a 10. I mean, Conklin, I got Conklin has the same fucking odds to score a touchdown as Zach Pascal. I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> but he has a man bun and Pascal does not. Which, yeah, which I think is a positive. I mean, it's like a five. Are we going to round up to a 10? Yeah, I think it's a 10. All right. Now Spag, everyone get on Spags for carrying Smith's water now. <laughs> uh, hey, Waterboy Pete, what do you want here with your pick? Okay. I'll take... Uh, I think this is only a three-pointer, but I'll say Chuba Hubbard outscores Dalvin Cook. Okay. I, I'll i take one that I think is a 10-pointer as well, and I think maybe even braver than Pete's one that he just gave. Uh, K.J. Osborne outscores Justin Jefferson. Is that a 10? K.J. Osborne outscores Justin Jefferson. Um, No, not with Justin <laughs> Jefferson not practicing this week. We're shooting Yeah, because now. it's the injury thing that's hurting you there. Yeah, it's bullshit. Unbelievable. The both of you teaming up now with this. These shenanigans. I'll allow you to have 10 if you say he outscores both Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. All right. That's fair. Next game, we got Kansas City, 30.5 implied points. Washington with a questionable Terry McLaurin, 24 implied points on there. And so seven point spread, just about favoring Kansas City. And Pete, we're back to you going first. I want 10 points for Miko Hardman. The highest scoring non-QB in this game. Yeah, that's a 10. Thank you. A very unlikely 10, but a 10 all the same. Al, what would you like in this one? Uh, Give me Adam Humphreys (laughs) over 22 and a half DraftKings points. Wow. The specificity. (laughs) I I think that's a 10, Spags, based on his projection I'm looking at. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. All right. Um, I was actually thinking Adam Humphreys too, so that's why I'm very much in lockstep (laughs) there. Uh, I will say... Okay, Antonio Gibson, highest scoring skill position player in the game. Is that a 10? Who? Antonio Gibson, out of everybody, including all the Chiefs. Including the quarterbacks? Including, no, just skill position again. So it's just, I mean, you're literally talking about just Tyreek and Kelsey. And J.D. McKissick and Terry McLaurin. Him outscoring J.D. McKissick like he does every week? What are you talking about? That's not every week. That's a three-pointer, Spags. All right, what if J.D. McKissick is the guy? Is that the 10? Yeah, so give you if JD McKissick is the highest scoring non QB. Okay, there it is. JD McKissick, then I boy, I'm really getting negotiated into terrible picks. Well, (laughs) it's because you float terrible picks and we have to snap you back to reality. 
tough but fair. Tough but fair. <laughs> Arizona, 23 implied points. Uh, we do have Cleveland getting 26.5 implied points, perhaps the chalk game of the week, depending on how this Kareem Hunt situation works out. And I'm due to go first. And you know what? I will give love to all the chalk players out there and say Kareem Hunt, Millie Maker winning running back. I, uh, yeah, that's a 10 pointer. Uh, it's actually hard for those super chalky guys mm-hmm. to be in the winning Millie Maker lineup, so I'll allow it. Um, I I want to toss a bone to sportsbook chat because they're having themselves a day. <laughs> Demetric Felton, anytime touchdown score. That's got to be a 10 pointer. What are the odds of the books? Oh, <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I, this, I think you, it's a 10. No? I think it's a 10. I'll look it up. I'll actually look it up. <laughs> now, what would you want? While Pete looks set up, what do you want in this game? Uh, let's see. In this game, give me Rondale Moore, highest scoring non QB. Okay, that's yeah, that's a ten. That's ten. That's ten. All right, I looked it up. Demetric Felton plus five hundred. That's an implied probability of sixteen point seven percent. We've all been very generous. We're having a fun show. I think we round down to a ten pointer. <laughs> I'll let, I'll let you have the 10, Pete, though we don't have sevens or eights on this show, as you know. So we're being really nice with that. Thank you, guys. I appreciate yeah, that. Next game up, we got Las Vegas getting 19.8 implied points. The low ball team of the day, Denver getting 23.8 implied points on their side of this one. And Al, I think we're back to you for the first pick. Why do I keep going first? Because we're nice. We're, we're letting you get the, the first the good one. You guys like, got to order first. I don't even know the menu. <laughs> Well, Pete, if you want to go first, then to save Al from this terrible potential AFC West game, uh, what do you want? How many points if Darren Waller is the highest scoring player in this game, quarterbacks included? Three. Uh, three. Oh, okay. I I think with the QBs, that would make it 10. Be more like Spags, Smith. <laughs> <laughs> the only time you'll ever hear that in your life. <laughs> You've got a, proje- a median projection of 15. This, why couldn't Smith not be here? Spags it's a medium have... projection of 15. He's like one of the highest floor players in the league. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Uh, how many points if Tim Patrick outscores Darren Waller? That's I think that's I think that's a 10-ish. It it's honestly feels more like a six or a seven, but I would give it 10. Thanks, Spags. Done. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. I'm, I'm being, see, I'm being so generous here. And, you know, guys like Josh plays DFS in the chat saying this is one of his favorite ride or die shows. So, you know, we got to be nice to each other down the home stretch. We're making quality content. I think they like that we're not being nice to each other. That's why it's their favorite. <laughs> it's like Strange Brew. They want to see us fight. Yeah. That is a fair point. Um, All right. So I got to take something from this one, too. I will say uh, Noah Fant outscores Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. Is that a 10? Say that again slower. <laughs> Noah to... Fant outscoring Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick? Combined? Uh, <laughs> that's a 10-pointer, Spags. Combined is pretty tough. But yeah, you know why, why not? In the spirit of the game, I'll take it. In the spirit of making time. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Deal. All right. Uh, is that Everybody got to pick in on that, right? No, not me. I wanted. Oh, no. I, I need you guys oh, to sorry, cause you, yeah, cause you deferred. So, Al, what do you want? Uh... I'm going to say that a player who played 40% of the snaps last week is going to be the highest scoring non-position or non-quarterback in this game. It's Javante Williams. Played 40% of the snaps last week. Uh, that's a 10-pointer. Yeah, Ooh, I would agree. Because that's what? Easy Jacob, 10. Sutton, Waller, Patrick, and Melvin Gordon, easy even maybe 10. Fant. Yeah. All right. You buried right the lead down there, the Melvin Gordon. Right now. <laughs> I mean, Melvin Gordon's burying himself, Spag, so. <laughs> he is. Week by week, week by week. It's getting, it's getting sad to watch. Next game, Dallas, 26.8 implied points. New England, 23.8 implied points. The game, that's probably not going to be good, but will be on your national TVs in a large portion of the country. Um, I guess I'm due to go first in this one. And I will say, is Mac Jones outscoring Dak Prescott a 10-pointer, Pete? <sighs> Let's see what kind of bullshit you're up to. No. <laughs> points projection for Dak, 17 for Mac. That's not a 10-pointer. That's like a four, and we don't have those. We round down to a three. How about Mac Jones over 30 fantasy points? Is that a 10? Yeah, I'll give that. Okay, thank you. I probably could have got a little less on that one now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah, you you actually could. could. Pete, what do you want? Uh, Here we go. You guys want something spicy? Ramondre Stevenson in the winning Millie Maker lineup. That's 12. You get 12 points for that. Thank you. That, that is a 10 time. rating on a curry and a, a really nice Thai restaurant kind of spice. Willis, did you hear that from Smiz? Even though we don't do 10 pointers, that one is 12. Make sure you write that. 
All right, Al, what would you like in this game with Dallas and New England? Uh, I'm going to say, and this is a two-pronged thing here to finish it off, Jacoby Myers has over 25 DraftKings points and scores a touchdown. That's a 10. That's a 10. He's, I mean, he literally He has does literally score. never scored a touchdown. I mean... Even on Madden, he's never scored a touchdown. Zach Pascal will score more touchdowns in one quarter than Jacoby Myers has <laughs> his entire career. His whole life. <laughs> Honestly, that'd be minus money on the books, I think. <laughs> so, all right. The last game, the Sunday night of the Geno Smith Renaissance on display as Seattle's getting 18.5 implied points. Pittsburgh, 24 implied points. And Al, usually for this one, we just pick a showdown captain for an easy 10 pointer. So if that's the way you want to go for your ride or die pick, please feel free to do so. I don't even know who's in this game. Give me uh, Deontay Johnson at captain. It's a logical one. Pete, what would you like? I also don't know who's in this game. Give me Chase Claypool at captain. <laughs> I know who's in this game, and I'm still going to take Geno Smith, showdown winning oh captain. Oh, God, that's so bad. Throwing all over Pittsburgh, defying the implied total. That's what the hope here. <laughs> it's not a great pick. None of these picks today have been good. I don't know if you caught that. But either way, Al, please give the people the plugs. Obviously, they should be following you at Al Zeidenfeld, checking out what you do on YouTube, following you on Twitch at Al underscore Smizzle. But anything else you want to plug here besides the DFS Edge podcast being the trailblazer for shows like this one, the genius that came out in this. Uh, Just one thing that I want to plug. Uh, I'm trying to raise $25,000 this season for No Kid Hungry. Uh, You can go to smizzle.tv slash charity. That'll take you to a Tiltify link. For every $5,000 that we raise for No Kid Hungry from the community, I will match. So if the community can raise $25,000, I will donate $25,000 by the end of the calendar year. We're already over $13,000 raised and moving. So let's keep up traction. That was smizzle.tv slash charity slash charity. So that I should have remembered that smizzle.tv slash charity go. That is a very, that is the nicest plug I think we've gotten besides Hayden plugging football outsiders earlier in the week. It's a possible one. Pete, what are your plugs here? Of course, we're doing some shows this weekend. Uh, yeah, I'll be back on Sunday at 1030 AM to check in on some final injury and ownership movement. But the main plug is we do have the uh, rake free contest that smizz gets the massive assist on. I put it out into the world on Twitter. Smith came in with his beautiful DraftKings connections, helped make it happen. So DraftKings has hooked us up with a $10 rake-free tournament. There's only 400 spots. I think we just passed uh, 300 a little bit ago. Make sure you get into that and don't complain to me when it fills. Now is your chance. I believe I have it down in the show notes below. And of course, make sure to go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe to check out all the FO Plus packages under $5 a month to get DVOA, defense first receiver, a bunch of other stats that'll help you make better DFS lineups or make better decisions for season-long fantasy as well. So go footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe to get those packages. Follow me at Chris Spags, follow at Peter Overzet, follow at Al Zeidenfeld as well. And we'll be back on Monday with another show. So get your five stars and review ratings on Apple Podcasts because we're going to draw another viewer guest on Monday. So we'll see you guys then. Enjoy your weekends and good luck. Thank <music> you.